0: Financial Knowledge is Power with Wells Fargo VP, Shafik Ruhana. Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast. My name is Brett Schansenbach, and I am the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. I am your host today, and I'm very excited to have with me Shafiq Rohana. Shafiq is vice president and district manager from Wells Fargo. Shafiq, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Hi,
0: Brad. Yeah. Hi, it's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we should just start with right off the bat, since everybody can tell so you have a really, really cool accent. So you obviously <laughs> didn't weren't born here in Carlsbad. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you started and how you got here?
1: Sure. Again, thank you for having me today. Yeah. So, I was born and raised in Mexico mm-hmm. in the state of Chihuahua, which is the northern state of of Mexico in the central part. I was there until I was 14 going yeah. to school. Father was a small business owner, and in the time of NAFTA, there was mm. a possibility for him to move into the United States. Mm-hmm. To import his goods and services. And nice. that's how we immigrate to the United States. Nice. We came through Texas. I went to college there. And then one Christmas, I came to visit a friend after the holidays for New Year's Day, actually. It was New Year's Eve. Yeah. I came here. I, I, I went out that night with my friend and his friends. And I said, I love San Diego. Yeah. I'm to stay here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I never went back. <laughs> You are hooked. <laughs> yeah, I was hooked over a weekend. That's,
0: so. that's great. Now you've been with, with uh, Wells Fargo for
1: 17 years, it looks like, is that about right? Yeah, 17 years. I, I Once I moved to San Diego, I was working in the hospitality industry. Okay. After a couple of years, I wanted to make a change. So I moved to Barcelona, Spain, where mm. I did my MBA. Nice. After graduation, I moved back to San Diego and I was looking for a career somewhere. Yeah. And there was an opportunity to join Wells as a personal banker at that point. Yeah. That's how I started my career with the bank.
0: Very nice. And so it's been a good career. Now, it, it, it hasn't been all in San Diego, though. It took you all the way to the East Coast. You were in New
1: Jersey for a little while. Yes, that's right. I was here for about seven years into it. In 2000, I think 2008, with a, a big financial crisis, there mm-hmm. was a lot of mergers of different banks. Sure. And one that happened, it was Wachovia with Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. So they were taking employees from the West Coast into the East Coast. I kind of refused a couple of years to move <laughs> there. I wanted to stay here in San <laughs> yeah. Diego. Uh,
0: I don't blame you. But <laughs> I
1: couldn't pass a, a, an opportunity, and I was recruited to go into the northern New Jersey area. So I was about maybe a few miles away from New York City. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be for two years. And I really enjoy it. I really like the yeah. the the city feeling. New Jersey, although it has some bad rap, it's a great state yeah, to live. Yeah, good, good. I really enjoy living there. I made a lot of good friends, and I ended up staying for eight years. Wow! Okay. Um, and after the eight year, I told I told my wife it's time to go back home. Yeah, which is San Diego.
0: And and that County. was that was just yeah. like a a year year and a half, two years ago now. No, no.
1: About two years now. Two years it now. Okay. It was December two thousand nineteen.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right before the pandemic. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about Wells Fargo for a little bit. You guys are. This is the research I did. So if my numbers aren't quite right, mm-hmm. f- please feel free to correct me. But at least based on assets, it looks like you guys are about the third largest bank in the US. 1.77 billion with a B, is that right? Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a large, that's a large bank. But it's a large bank. one of the things that I found interesting was that Wells has the most branches mm-hmm. of any bank in the US. So Talk about that a little bit. What's the the philosophy there? Because it seems like more and more banks are pulling back away from having that personal space where people can come in and and interact. But you guys are out there in a big way.
1: Historically speaking, Wells Fargo is a company that was established back in the gold rush years of California, right? So it had a huge presence in the West Coast and through different mergers, through time, the expansion of network and branches keep, growing and growing all the way through the merger with Wacovia in the East Coast. I think overall, we have a network that provides, you know, accessibility and convenience to our customers. And that's part of the philosophy of the bank. Yeah. Being convenient for every customer. We actually have the highest presence in rural areas where not other banks serve yeah. Rural communities like Wells Fargo does. Sure. We have close on branches sure. we we still have the largest presence of 4900. Mm. And I think from a, a, an outreach standpoint we serve about 70 million customers one in every 3 households in America. Wow. And we have seen that our customers continue to change behavior, right? Sure. And I think COVID also accelerated some of that behavior. Sure. I think almost every small business owner will tell you that. The way that we picture our branches to become is more of having really deep uh, financial conversations Mm -hmm. and be able to provide value through learning about the customer Mm -hmm. and finding ways to help them in their financial goals. Yeah. We see less and less transactions coming in for every day. Gotcha. needs like a cash a check-in uh, yeah a, a, I'm sorry a check or make a payment since a lot of those things can do be done now through the mobile app or right about
0: right right and that makes sense I mean and I've done and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have done banking both ways you mm-hmm. know mobile apps are so convenient right now but there is something to be said for like coming into your, a local branch, the people, the tellers know you, you know, and you know them. I mean, that kind of a personal touch is, I think, valuable. And, you know, uh, it seems to be becoming more of a lost art. Yeah. In the business world. You know,
1: I happened to be in one of the branches a couple of days ago, and I happened just to pick up the phone. It was ringing and everybody else was busy. And it was a, a lady who was looking to open a checking account at a new at a new bank mm-hmm. because her current bank was closing down that location. Uh-huh. and she wanted to have something convenient close by yeah her home. And then she asked me a question. I was able to answer her questions about our products. And then she started asking me questions about digital banking. So can I do my deposits through the mobile app? Sure. I said, yes, can I do this? Yes. And then I say, you can also open the account online if you prefer. And she says, no. You know, Wells Fargo came to mind when I was thinking to go to a different financial institution, mm-hmm. either that or a credit union. Mm-hmm. And I chose you guys because of the brand. But also, I wanted to go meet with a banker because I want to make sure that when I'm establishing my accounts, I'm getting that value and yeah. that conversation. And to your point, is something people... It's still want to have, yeah, and it hasn't changed with millennials. They still want that, yeah. And I feel that as a bank, we have a responsibility, and also, you know, we do a really good job in providing value through those conversations.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know, this this whole last eighteen months of. All of us having to switch the majority of our life to virtual, you know, I think it's made us realize how much we actually value the in person connections and the in person interactions. You know, yes, there's some conveniences to virtual, whatever person to person is still what we crave as human beings.
1: It's true. It's true. I think any product or service that you will buy, there's so much out there in competition or even in di- direct or indirect competition that yeah. could provide that service or product to any consumer. But the reality is that those conversations mm-hmm. is what makes a difference yeah. in your yeah, yeah. business. And that would adds value to the end user.
0: So we've already mentioned this a little bit, but um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about your mobile app, because it's, it's an important piece of modern day banking. And as I've mentioned, I think a lot of people do love having that familiar face in a branch, but then day-to-day basis, they might just want to deposit a check really quickly with the mobile app or transfer funds between accounts or whatever. You guys have a mobile app and I, I've seen that it, it's received a lot of positive praise, a lot of recognition for it. So share a little bit about Wells Fargo's mobile app for consumers and and what it does and how they can use it.
1: Yeah, so our mobile app—it's as you mentioned—a recognized app in the footprint of banking or mm-hmm. other services for the easy way it can be used or yeah. leverage. Uh, we have been making some updates on it. Mm-hmm. If you are a Wells Fargo customer, you have you saw a change on the way that is displayed on your cell phone. Mm. This year, we make some upgrades to make it more user friendly and um, for our customers to be able to. Do additional features. And some of those features is the mobile deposit. Mm-hmm. We actually, we saw a jump in April, about 81% increase on our mobile deposit. Wow, that's People a lot. People just trying to yeah. try it and give it a shot yeah. rather than going into the branch. Sure. Another feature that is pretty popular is Zelle. Mm-hmm. It's communication in a safe way between banks to transfer funds immediately.
0: Isn't it? Isn't Zelle kind of like a more official version of like Venmo, almost, or something like that?
1: You got it. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It, it's a service that is compromised by different banks or financial mm-hmm. institutions, but is regulated. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's got a little more backing behind it. Exactly. Than Venmo. So,
1: so I think that that's the difference maker. But it, it's in direct competition with Venmo. I mean, I think Venmo has been able to also attract customers to a very convenient instant right transfer. Right. So I think technology is changing the environment yeah. that we work on.
0: But Zelle offers that same kind of. It does. Yeah, that's it great. Does.
1: It does. It might not use social media as much. It's more of yeah. a customer base. Sure. But it has to do with privacy of information.
0: So uh, if I'm one of your customers and I want to use the Zelle feature, then the person I'm transferring with needs to work with a bank that also uses Zelle. Correct. And there are, are other banks besides just Wells that uses Zelle. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I think, I don't know the number, but it's in the dozens. I mean, it's- Okay, so there's quite a, lot a few. Of, quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Probably every other major bank or even credit unions have Zelle.
0: Okay, great. That's good to know. So yeah, your mobile app's got all kinds of great features. And, and those are all, you know, mostly we're kind of talking here about things for consumers to use, but Wells Fargo is one of the, if not the top SBA lender for small businesses in the country as well, right? So talk about your guys' passion and focus on small business.
1: Uh, We are a preferred lender for SBA, Mm -hmm. which means that we can do our own underwriting. Overall, I think it is one way that we provide a lending uh, for business needs at a different levels. Mm -hmm. We have a group in every region that we work or every community that we serve that focuses just on SBA. Mm -hmm. Besides SBA, I think we also have other products and services that might not qualify because you have to fulfill okay. certain criteria. Right,
0: right. So beyond uh, just the, I don't wanna say narrow, but maybe strict, beyond the strict criteria of SBA, you have other financial products for small businesses to use.
1: Correct. Yeah, Yeah.
0: That's great. You guys were very busy during the PPP rollouts and I mean, I know the first PPP when COVID first hit and that payroll protection came out it was kind of a crazy time in the banking industry it, it feels like it was like the wild wild west and everybody was trying to navigate uncharted waters talk a little bit about your guys's you know uh, activities during COVID with those and and uh, what you did then
1: yeah i mean to your point it was a wild wild west it was at time of a lot of, you know, anxiety and stress for a lot of people, especially small business owners, they were impacted by the restrictions of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching the news at that time and how things were passing through Congress yeah. so quickly, yeah. right? And there was not a lot of guidelines of what can be, what cannot be done, and yeah. and I think banks in general, they were waiting for more clarification, but right. also they were given certain type of freedom to execute on it however they were gonna go do it. Yeah. If you kind of like do it on your own, right? We, I remember our system crashing the first time that oh, we went goodness. live because of the amount of applications that went through.
0: The volume. And
1: the volume, and and, and, and I think overall, we were trying, and I know we brought a lot of resources because eyewitness where either even employees from branches were pulled out of the out of the branches to provide that support, you know, to be able to process a number of applications were coming in. Yeah. So the bank did anything we could to provide the best experience for customers. You know, at the end we process in the billions. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to PPP and hundreds of thousands of applications. yeah, We were one of the banks, which I think, and going back just a little bit about Wells Fargo, I think what, you know, draw me to John Wells Fargo, it was the focus on diversity and inclusion, economic empowerment, mm-hmm. and then now they have this uh, new commitment to sustainability mm. for climate change. And, and and Wells Fargo, you know, banks were able to charge certain certain amount of fees to be able to you know process these PPP loans. Yeah. And Wells Fargo took a hundred percent of those proceeds of fees collected, right? Uh, which was four hundred twenty million. And they open an open it's called the Open for Business Fund. Yeah. Which is it gives access to underprivileged diverse segments small mm-hmm. business owners they need access to keep going in business. Yeah. I think the average PPP loan for Wells Fargo was about 52,000. Okay. And most of the business that we serve have less than 10 employees as yeah. well. Yeah. So that tells you that we were focused on make it a fair game for any size of business yeah. to be able to have a chance to survive through the pandemic.
0: Well, and that's the that's that that size that you mentioned. I mean, there's so many of those businesses across our country, you know, we, we, we tend to think of the names of the big companies that we're all familiar with, like an Amazon or whatever, Mm -hmm. a Microsoft, but really the heart of America is these companies with 10, 20, 30 employees, five employees, you know, which there's just. I don't even know how many millions of companies there are. That's that's really the heart of America. And that's who you guys were serving.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Those are, the, I, we always said the small businesses or the smaller businesses what keeps America going, right? Yeah. It's the heart of American economy.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think when round two of the PPP came along, it was um a little bit, more refined process and and it wasn't as just chaotic, right? but I, I'm sure you guys processed a lot of loans then too
1: we did. We did. I, I mean, we learned from the first round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we learned from the first round and once you execute the second time, you just get better at what you do. It's like anything you do in life. yeah, I, I believe that the second time we didn't see as big volume as okay. well. yeah. So some businesses already have something in place. Sure. Sadly, some businesses went out of business as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. So that also impacted part of the economy. But I really saw an impact how we all learned the bank and also the the borrowers. I I I saw a huge an increase in adjustments and mm-hmm. resiliency yeah. for, for people. Adaptability was a component of yes. it. And I think kind of having the Right expectations from the beginning, mm-hmm. also lowered anxiety. Yeah, right. And I believe that just made the process a lot easier. Yeah, there were always, you know, mistakes here and there, sure. but I think uh, the applicants as well as the bank was more able. It was able to keep a more ease process mm-hmm. through the second run of, of of PPP loan.
0: That's great. So now I'm assuming uh, quite a few companies are are filing for their loan, their PPP forgiveness process. So I'm imagining you're probably having to process all those now.
1: That's, that's a new, <laughs> yeah. that's the next step. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I've been hearing from customers saying that, oh, I got approved and you can see the smile in their face because yeah. the, the environment they had to work with, now they feel like, hey, I'm able to move forward. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. That's wonderful. So <laughs> I, I wanted to hit on your foundation. Wells Fargo has one of the largest corporate foundations in the United States. And, and you already mentioned one of the programs, the 420 million that you've uh, created through the foundation to help small businesses and that specific program. Why don't you share a little bit about the foundation and and what it does and how it works? And I have a couple of specific programs I saw online that I'll ask you about.
1: Yeah, so Wells Fargo Foundation is a key component of our culture and our commitment to the communities that we serve. Since I've been with the bank now for 17 years, year after year, I see that we keep increasing our commitment. And it goes beyond what the company does and grants. We have a strong culture around volunteering, mm-hmm. where we have our own employees going out in the communities and volunteer mm-hmm. in different aspects of, of of services to the community. Big on financial literacy, we do mm-hmm. a lot of work around educating not only consumers but also a small business around how to start your own business, what, is that, what does that business plan should look like. You know, we provide a, a, a advice around lending and how to be credit worth it. We work with different nonprofits in case that we cannot lend to you to provide you a platform to get started before. Yeah, that's and great. we fund some of those programs too. Sure, yeah. Also, we do a lot of programs around home ownership. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, we're big on diversity and inclusion and give equal opportunity yes. to everyone. So yes. There's programs in which we even give grants to down payments for homes for people who cannot maybe afford Mm -hmm. uh, in 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 expensive neighbor in cities or communities like San Diego, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's- That's, that's gonna be a lot, lot of people though, who <laughs> can't afford to live in San Diego.
0: So you mentioned the volunteering and I should, I'm not sure I said this at the top of the show, but you are on our board here at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, which we're very fortunate to have you. Then I know though too, when you were in New Jersey, you served, I think it was like the statewide Hispanic chamber
1: in New Jersey, is that right? Correct, I was there for five years. Yeah. And with, uh, I mean, even being part of the board i also was one of the participants in in supporting and creating a program for like, again diverse segment business entrepreneurship program for women mm-hmm. specifically yeah and in this case was it was focused on latinas but it was also focusing other other ethnic groups yeah okay mm-hmm. that's great
0: so you mentioned the housing affordability issue and how you guys help with that I saw on your website that this is nationwide, this is not here in San Diego specific, but you had this housing affordability challenge, which sounded really cool. And there's actually six winners listed on your website. And these are different organizations that are trying to creatively tackle the housing affordability issue in various Mm -hmm. communities. Through the Wells Fargo Corporate Foundation, you guys were awarding $2.5 million through these six winners to help tackle that that problem, because it is such a problem, you know, it's not just a San Diego problem, although it feels worse here in San Diego at the moment. That's a great program and to help, you know, you guys funding these companies that, these organizations that are making a difference in people's lives, I I think that's just tremendous.
1: Yeah, and besides that one, also we know we do our own work. I was actually able to witness and participate on two two different rounds of the LIFT program. Ah. And LIFT is all something similar. Mm-hmm. We allocate about $4 million mm-hmm. to give down payments of $25,000 plus nice. into communities. And it happened to do it here in San Diego about, eight, about almost 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, when we started that program, I was able to participate. And it's so cool because we rent a space at a hotel or a, mm-hmm. co- or a convention center. And you have all these different steps to follow. You have to apply online. Mm -hmm. And then you come in and you speak with a nonprofit Mm -hmm. that has to provide support when it comes to learn about budgeting and how to be able to save and support a home. And then you talk to someone within Wells Fargo Foundation about the grant and how to qualify for the grant Mm -hmm. for the down payment and the restrictions or the Mm -hmm. commitments that we expect the person to yeah. to stick to, right? To qualify. And then you speak to a Wells Fargo home mortgage consultant about how to qualify, what the payment is going to look like, you know? And we go into communities like San Diego. I'm to in San Diego. And the most recent one, I was in Newark, New mm-hmm. Jersey, yeah. which is a it, it's one of those communities that is, you can see the the discrepancy on mm, on yeah. on income? Yeah. Right? And how some of their subcommunities now getting the help they need in order mm-hmm. to be able to own their own home and don't rent and yeah. have more control over their expenses.
0: Yeah. That's great. I love the, yeah. the piece of that that you mentioned where they get, you know, some training on how to, you know, budget and manage their money so that they're not just given this big windfall of money for a down payment but they're actually given some training on how to sustain payments on that house because you know not everybody has that in their upbringing
1: mm, yeah there's a lot of difference out there on how people are raised when it comes to financial literacy yeah and and when you work for a bank you see it I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of people can see it out there. But when you work in a bank, you see it. You really see it. <laughs> you really see it,
0: right? And as you pointed out, <laughs> financial literacy is a passion for Wells Fargo. It is. You guys want to get that out for everybody, which is great. And I know you guys have done some workshops here through the chamber on topics like that and some of these other you know, programs, business loan programs that we've talked about as well. I have a personal question, but I didn't want to skip anything about, about Wells Fargo or the foundation that you might want to share with our audience today. If, if I've missed anything, I don't want to cut you off.
1: No, yeah. So the Open for Business Fund, we, we, we continue to... You know, to see more applications, there's still funds available. Here in San Diego, we have granted $4.5 million so far. Nice. And some of the nonprofits that receive some of that funding to provide support to small business owners is Access City, or it used to be called Accion San Diego. Yep. We have Southwestern College, mm-hmm. California Women's Business Center Network, LISC San Diego, and International Rescue Committee. Okay. So if you're familiar with those or any other type of foundation that could potentially help our small business community, there's still funds available.
0: Oh, that's great. Very Well, you heard it here, folks. Mm-hmm. If you, you need help, it's still out there. That's awesome.
1: What if you know someone who needs help? Too. Or if you
0: know someone who needs help, you can uh-huh. direct them. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I have to ask before we go, you have three absolutely beautiful daughters that that are here now and have come over from New Jersey. Were any of them old enough to remember living here before, or is this kind of all new to them?
1: So I, I, so my oldest one, she's 12, America. Okay. She was born here and we left when she was three years old.
0: Okay, it's pretty small.
1: Yeah, and I remember when we moved to our first home in New Jersey, she will go into the basement. There was basements there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the East basement, that was a learning curve yeah. for me. So we, we created like her own playroom down in the basement. Yeah. And she will go downstairs and say, okay, she will leave the kitchen and say, I'm going to San Diego. <laughs> And she would <laughs> she like go the down basement. the stairs and she thought that was San Diego.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So it, was, it
1: was very cute to see it. <laughs> the middle one, Elsa, she was born here, but she was only one year old when yeah. we left. Mm-hmm. And then the little one, Nat, Nat, Natty, was born in New Jersey. In so. New Jersey. But they adopted very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a cultural shock, you know? Yeah, Because sure. we were in, in a suburban area of mm-hmm. New Jersey and then we move into First San Diego, where our original home was. Yeah. And, and then we decided to move to North San Diego or yeah. North, North County North because County. we we uh, run out of space. Uh, <laughs> but they're adjusting really well. They like they like living here, the lifestyle and. It's hard not to like it here. Yeah, you
0: know? had to be a little bit tough. I mean, they weren't here very long before everything clamped down and yeah. then kind of got, I mean, luckily there's three of them. So they have each other and, you know, in with your family, which is helpful during that whole shutdown thing, but a little bit of a bummer in terms of getting acclimated to friend groups or activities, you know, that all kind of just stopped a couple months after they got here, it feels like.
1: Yes, well, I moved here first. They were supposed to finish school there. Oh, that's right. There. So they're already used to seeing nobody by the time they got here. Gotcha. Oh, that's but I think right. it really I was that. tough for them. I think that was one of the biggest, you know, changes and adjustments for the yeah. family. The fact that they were already used to, and even I feel like I mean, friends like family there. Yeah. We we went back and visited a couple of times already, just mm-hmm. because we created such a strong bond with with our friends in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. But I think we have some really strong friends and family here two uh, relationships and we're making more. So that's great. We're really happy to be back.
0: Cool. So what's their favorite activity besides school? What What are they into?
1: Oh, they're all very different. Okay. Um, my oldest one is she wants to be a Broadway actress. Nice. She goes to classes and she's pretty good at it. Nice. So at the end, anything has to do with acting, singing. That's what she does. The middle one is into sports. Uh-huh. So I have to... I go from like a theater play to a soccer field. Nice. (laughs) Within the same day sometimes. (laughs) Sure. And then the little one, she's in kindergarten. So she's
0: figuring it out. out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: She's happy at home playing Barbies.
0: That's great. That's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and share with us and and share everything about Wells. We appreciate Wells and, and their role in the community and how supportive they are. And I appreciate you serving on our board and, and being so available. So I just wanted to thank you for coming today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you know that if we can do anything for anyone who's listening to us, we're here to help you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.